traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Welcome to the Success Leaves Clues podcast, where I find regular people doing extraordinary and phenomenal things in corporate America and entrepreneurship. And of course, I'm your host, Dr. K. I have with me today somebody extremely special, high energy, Storm Leroy. You've probably seen him everywhere doing the most. And he embodies everything about corporate America and entrepreneurship. He is the employed millionaire. Introduce yourself to him, Storm. Ladies and gentlemen, you could have been anywhere in the world tonight, but you're here with me. And for that, I want to thank you. Um, I'm Storm Leroy, Brooklyn, New York. Been doing real estate for 20 years. Um, but I really got my calling and mastering things when I started doing out-of-state investing about five years ago, developed a system where I was able to take back my time from work to able to purchase 30 properties without ever seeing any of them, um, making millions of dollars. I walked away from my job um, seven years earlier than they planned for me to be there. And um, I went on to continuously now try to try, not try, but to teach people the same technique that you can be an investor in real estate outside of your expensive market and smaller markets, buy properties, never see them, cash flow, and one day leave your job. But your job is your first partner. Respect your job. Wow. There's, there's a whole lot in there. And um, a lot of it I want to get my head around. One, you talk a lot about out-of-state investing. Why out-of-state? Well, for out-of-state investing, it's an easier barrier point to get in. Like, you know, I live in New York, okay. and um, you live in a market that's not that cheap either. Houses are decent, but still, you have people that can't afford to buy in a market because the price of the house is normally dictated by the salary of the people living there. Like, New York is a high, very expensive. Everybody makes good money here. But these are million dollars, two million, three million dollars, and can't afford that. So the average person who works a nine-to-five is kind of... um. And a letdown where they go, I can't afford to be in real estate. It's too expensive. So their mind tells them work and rely on your salary, maybe a pension, maybe some other thing there or nothing. Just work until you can't work anymore. But the thing is, if the only way you make money is by going to work, one day you won't be able to go to work anymore. So how are you going to make money? So my thing was for myself, I purchased brownstones in New York. Back when they were three hundred thousand, I was I bought my first property like three hundred fifty thousand, worth anywhere like one point five, one point seven million today, right? Okay. So I bought two of those. But one thing I've learned when I bought my first brownstone and gutted out is that um, I gutted out top to bottom, had my job, and while I gutted this place out, and I stood in the basement, and we're talking about four floors all the way up. Once I ripped everything out, and I was in the basement, looked all the way up to the roof, four floors up. I looked up and I knew I do not want to do this ever again because what I did was create a job. The things that we hear about real estate is so true and they're great things. But the problem is we end up creating up, creating another job for ourselves in the midst of the bliss. And what you have to find out is, do you want to be a landlord? 
So mm. I knew automatically I did not want to be a landlord. I knew I love the freedom. I love the cash flow. I loved everything about it. But what I didn't want to do was that. So I figured I need to develop a system where I can now buy properties and run a business without having to do the work. So during that time, some time elapsed, but real estate was always my calling to be involved with real estate, always my calling. And um, I had an opportunity. Now, my, my love for real estate actually was in 95. And I took, I went to go see some properties in Brooklyn before I bought bought that one um, in 99. And yeah. I looked at the property. Well, I took two people with me to look at the property who weren't in the real estate. That's the first mistake I did. Do not take anyone with you along with you on your journey to do something that's a goal or a dream or to start something. And they don't have the vision. If you're going to take them, don't take them and rely on their advice. Because the two people I took with me, what they saw was the drugs, the crack. They didn't see what it could be. And, and this, was, this was your first property? This was before I bought my first property. In oh, before you bought it. Okay. So when I took them there, they had one thing to say. I wouldn't do it. And that one thing stopped me from buying properties in 95. But then 95, I went to look at properties to a realtor friend of mine. And I didn't take nobody with me, but somebody who knew about real estate, who told me exactly. And I bought back in 95, but let's move to the, to the out of state. So now the out of state market, which costs you, which can run you anywhere from 40, 50, 60, 70, $80,000 to buy a property and you can cash flow. So now if you're looking at yourself and you say, well, for example, I bought a property um, some time ago, maybe a year and a half ago for $40,000. I okay. got a community bank loan, $40,000. I'm sorry, that you said a, a community bank? Community bank. Community, community bank. bank will loan. The, the average mortgage is banks won't give you under 65000 Hard money won't give you under 75000 mm -hmm. But when you deal with a town where the homes are forty, fifty, sixty thousand, they have banks and community banks that will loan you the money because that's all that they're accustomed to is handling small loans. Right. So I went. So this property popped up, and forty thousand dollar loan. I only had to put down eighty six hundred dollars. Now that's tax return for some of us, or at least half a tax return. Oh yeah, eighty six hundred dollars. Mm -hmm. So now the property was making eight hundred dollars in Section Eight. So the mortgage payment was about three hundred dollars. My mortgage payment, um, my mortgage payment was three hundred dollars. Section eight was eight hundred dollars. I was making five hundred dollars a month. So now that's six thousand dollars at the end of the year, and I only put down eighty six hundred dollars. Okay. So now I'm cash flowing. That's like 40 percent cash flow. Some ridiculous number. See, so, but on so top let me ask of you, this uh -huh. first property that's out of state, and you're doing eighty six hundred dollars. Got it. It's not a whole lot of money, but it's still. It's still a hurdle and, and, and a risk for a lot of people. Right. So what, what gave you the courage to do that first one out of state, not really knowing that area and just taking that 100%. leap of faith? Well, the one I'm explaining, that wasn't my first property. Okay. That was giving people example of numbers that they can afford. Okay. Right. So the very first time when I decided to go out of state, of course, I tell people, just like in a dictionary, mentor comes before money. Do uh, not. Do not try to get into things without seeking you mentorship. Okay. Even if you can't afford it, what you do is you find you someone who's doing what you do. You ask them the right questions. 
asking the right questions consistently, they will now acknowledge your question, the fact that you're reaching out. But what it did it for me is I had my other local real estate friends. They didn't know anything about out of state. So what I did was I went to biggerpockets.com. Biggerpockets.com is a place where over 2 million investors hang out there and we talk. 2 million investors. 2 million investors. All right. when, I, when I found about biggerpockets.com, that changed my life from five figures to six figures. No exaggeration. The knowledge, okay. experience. So once I start talking to these people about out-of-state investing, three of my mentors came from Bigger Pockets, and I've never seen them. Never. Okay. That's how we communicate. So once they start telling me how out-of-state works, the mark is this, this and that, I was like, man. This it sounds like this is easy. Like I can get it done. And they're like, yo, listen, you can do it. There's nothing that you blah 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 breaking it down. Property management companies, they do this and we So, we, so they encourage you. They encourage you with course. Okay. Of course. I always, you know, so with them encouraging me, you know, well, just to jump back for a second, I always tell people when you hear the stories of someone telling you, yo, man, I got into this and I lost it. I, I lost all my money. I can go with that one time. But when somebody okay. says, Yo, I lost my money, man. So what I did, I got back and I lost it again. I don't care. I went back, did it again. I did it, you know, and now I'm successful. What I tell people is to ask that person, did you have a mentor? Mm. Did you have a mentor? Yeah. One failure is all you need. If you fail two or three times, there's something wrong you're doing. You're doing. Get yourself someone that knows. And that's what I did. I spoke to people that understood this whole thing about out of state. And once I got educated with out of state and I knew I got comfortable enough, that's when I got my property. And once I did, I was working. Now the key is this was something I needed to do while being able to have a job because I didn't want to be a landlord and do that work on top of that. And I wasn't trying to go to these places. So once okay. I got my first place, once I got my first place and the money started coming in, it was, man, this is easy. This is like, I sat back and I said, shit, I could do this again. Like, let me do this again. This is something I could literally do. This is something I could literally do again. Got okay. another it's like, yo. Replicate <sighs> and repeat the process. Twice, rinse, you got repeat. it down. Got it. Now I learned how to develop my, 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 I had to, I learned to develop my remote skills. You need a, a, a money team, right? Your money team, I teach people, you develop a team of out-of-state people that work for you and they're not even on salary and they don't realize they work for you. You need a realtor okay. or a wholesaler, but I get a realtor. A realtor. You get you a realtor, you find your realtor who's willing to work with you. But first, let me let me take you back a little bit more because I don't want to jump so far ahead because I I, mean, I, I, I'm, I was in teaching mode and now I'm, I'm rushing through a story and you guys don't know the story. So you want to buy a property out of state. I have a system called guaranteed cash flow. Guaranteed cash flow. I don't buy any property that's not tenant occupied. It needs to be tenant occupied, either with Section 8, VA, government subsidized housing, something. I don't buy any property that's empty. And the reason why is because you're losing money. I do not get into the, I do not get into the business of real estate to lose money. And the reason why, because once I changed my thought process and said, I don't want to be a landlord. I want to be a CEO. Yeah. That was it. A CEO doesn't engage in activity that's going to cost his company to lose money. 
A CEO doesn't buy a company that starts to lose money on the come up of hoping that it's going to start making money in the future. That's why I don't do that. You're taking when you're investing out of state and you, and I say and you say to yourself, you know, I want to buy a property out of state. I want to get it fixed up. I want to do this. I want to do that. OK, do you have the time? Do you mm-hmm. have the team? Yeah, you're going to be paying monthly expenses. You're relying on somebody else to make your cash flow work. But if you buy a tenant occupied property out of state, now Section 8 is guaranteed. And the mentality is we have to change our way of thinking about Section 8. People see, think every Section 8 is a destroyed property. It's tore down. It's this. No. When you live in right. big cities, they tear them up because everybody's on top of each other. If you walk out your door and somebody else is five feet away from you, tearing up their property, the kids are all fighting, what do you get? What do you think? Yeah, you don't care much about yours, right? You don't care about yours. Yeah. Yeah. But in the Midwest, people breathing. They got space. They got yards. Kids go outside and run around. Okay. I can show you my Section 8 portfolio and blow your mind. Be like, get that out of here. Yeah, because they take care of it. So that's guaranteed money there. Coming but, in, but, I don't have to worry about it. But that's one, that's one form of mindset. And you talk a lot about mindset. So one portion is changing how people look at Section 8. But before they can I, even get I to change it. exactly get continue before they can even get to that, you talked about changing your mindset to being a CEO. But I caught something in the beginning. You said you were surrounded with people who didn't even believe that you could invest in real estate. So how did you separate yourself and change your mindset to say, look, I'm going to be a CEO? Easy. Knowing that I didn't want to work. The understanding is knowing. OK, yeah. What makes you uncomfortable? If working makes you uncomfortable, then why are you working with no end in mind? You need mm-hmm. to have an end in mind. Yeah. If you know you're in a situation that's not beneficial to you, why are you in that situation? You need to figure out how long do I need to tolerate this situation? Mm-hmm. What's the benefits of this situation? And how do I now get away from this situation? And let's say that situation is your job. I was in that space. I didn't like my job, but guess what happened? When I realized that my job was my first business partner, my job was my first source of revenue, things change because I automatically, I'm not going to be here long. This job is my business partner and I only need to be here to maintain getting a salary, working with this business partner And now on the weekends, what I'm going to do is take that time to take those funds to build and create me another business because this other business partner I have, me and him, we don't like each other that much, but we tolerate each other. And I'm more beneficial. I'm more beneficial to him because he's using my time and I'm not getting paid to that to the level of what I should be paid for. So what I need to do is prepare myself to part ways with this partner of mine, part ways with this partner of mine. And the only way I could do that is by building me a company. Who run companies? Employees or CEOs? CEOs. I'm going to be my CEO. So that's the, once that mentality happened, I went from not liking and having a problem with the job to going, now you're set. Your mindset is ready. I knew that I couldn't talk freedom around people who only was thinking about coming back to work on the Monday. I knew I couldn't have discussions of my growth and my escape when all they thought about was lunch and getting paid on Friday. How will you think you're going to grow if that's the circle you're in? How will you become that person? 
you must continuously either surround yourself with these people or don't have discussions about what you plan to do until you're around those people. So that's the mindset of how once I got my head in that space, I knew once I went into real estate out of state, I didn't want to find properties. I didn't want to manage properties. I didn't want to do that work. What does a CEO does? What does a CEO do? What does he do? Manage manage people and processes. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Hire someone to do what you don't want to do, but still will get paid for. Getting paid 100% of something sounds great, but are you giving up 100% of your time in exchange? You're still exchanging time for money. But what about if you was to give somebody 20% and you had 80% of 100% of your time? Wow. What does that allow you to freedom to do? Grow your company. Yep. The people who get paid the most monies are the ones who do the least amount of work. Mm-hmm. Think about what a CEO does and what he gets paid. And think about what the yeah. janitor gets paid and what he does. Yeah, right. So See? it's not related to how hard you work, but more so, I mean, what would you say it is? Your thoughts. It's related to the way you think and valuing your time. Okay. When you realize your time has a price. And when you now set that price and realize you're not being paid accordingly, yeah. you want to do something to take your time back. We think we work eight hours a day. But once once I realize I got to be to work at eight and my alarm clock goes up at 6.30, I get off at four, but I don't get back home till five. Yeah. I work from 6.30 to five o'clock, my man. Absolutely. You don't work eight hours. So now if you divide your salary now, with the original hours, you thought you was making $20 hours. You might be making $10, $12 an hour. Mm-hmm. So what I did was I changed my mindset from getting up 6.30 in the morning to getting up 6 o'clock because I wanted to get up. 6 o'clock was my time. And now I would sit there okay. from 6 to 6.30 formulating my plan on freedom, taking back my time. The taking, you always hear a lot of people say, Yo, I get up an extra hour early before I go to work and I go to the gym. Yeah. I go to a run. See, yeah. they taking back their time, but they're taking it back to exercise. I took my time back because I wanted freedom. They wanted to, they wanted shape or whatever they want. They had a mission. Yeah. yeah. Mine was freedom to get my time back. And once I knew how to how to get my time back. What I did was calculated, what does it take me to make make a month so I don't need to be here with y'all? Right? Wait, wait. So what, what did you do? You took um, your income or your bills or what, what was that process like? I make a month. Okay. If you make $5,000 a month, don't now stand in the mirror and say, yo, if I make $10,000 a month, I'm leaving my job. You lying to yourself. You're making an excuse why you don't want to leave. You know how many people mm-hmm. would make $5,000 a month and then someone would Somebody would come up to them and go, I'll give you 5000 a month to stay home. You know they wouldn't do it? Because really? you're conditioned to go to work for that $5,000. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're conditioned. Yeah. Because you, you don't understand the value of your time yet. But if somebody said, you make $5,000 a month, I'm going to give you $5,000 a month to stay home, you'll go, bet. I know what I'm going to do while I'm home. Yeah. Maximize. See? Okay. So it's the understanding. This is see, these are the things I teach people before I teach them real estate. Like mm-hmm. now that I'm in a different phase of what I'm doing based on what happened with my video and all that, you know, all yeah. the views. Like I'm getting offers to do things 
because of that, where people realize the value not isn't all isn't always in the knowledge of the real estate in the course. The reason why one percent or two percent or even five percent of the people never do anything when they take its course because nobody ever readjusted their mind. Mm, okay. So now my my success rate is higher because I'm working on your mind first. Yeah. So you're not just teaching real estate. You're truly developing people, cultivating them, changing their mind. You got it. See? And now when people see my numbers for my success rate, because that's all we doing is tracking my numbers. They're going to go, how did this guy defy the course rule of only one to five percent of people finish courses and go do something? And he's at 30. How's he at 30 percent? How's he at 50 percent? How? 30 to 50 percent of the people are finishing your course and going on to be successful. My rates aren't at there yet. Right. But I'm striving to get there. Okay. Because I just not implemented mindset. I was thinking like everybody else. Yo, I'm going to teach you. You're going to go make money. You're going to be straight. But what's the difference between giving a child a million dollars and a grown man a million dollars who mind is still undeveloped like a child and don't know what to do with a million dollars? Right. What are you telling me? Right. What's the difference between me? Just because you got teeth don't mean I need to give you meat. You still, I still need to give you baby food. Right. So, so in order to grow to, people might have a desire to grow and, and be a millionaire, for example. That's, that's on the top of a lot of people's list. Yes. But you're saying we're not mature enough yet. We got to change mentally how we're looking at things and, and, and how we're approaching the situation. So we got to start thinking like, like you've been saying, like a CEO. Uh, we have to change how we see those situations before we can then get the education that will make us the million dollars. Yes, you have to. How would you think otherwise? How, how would you think that going into a situation the same way you was before is going to improve the situation? I just explained okay. that a person who says, I lost everything. I went back. I lost everything again. I lost everything again. How did they change to finally not lose everything again. They did something different. They changed something. Right. See, they didn't, they wasn't doing the wrong, they wasn't on the wrong path to greatness to, to get wealth. They didn't have the knowledge to succeed on that path. Yeah. That's all. But to see the, the illusion is with what's going on with, yo, know, especially with COVID, take this course, do this. Everybody's sitting home and we all getting this knowledge and all, oh, yo, yeah. yo, everybody's getting money. Everybody's being enamored by the person with the car, all this. No, you have to understand this is bigger, bigger than that. All right. So, So, yeah, continue. I got got, got a question for you. So Mm -hmm. would you bring it up being enamored with the cars and and, and the shiny stuff, right? The doodads. And a lot of people right now are talking about it's a big push for entrepreneurship. It's a big push to be your own boss and all of this other stuff. And while that's great. You have a different philosophy, and I completely agree with it, and and that's uh, being an employed millionaire, right? Yes. No, no, nobody's talking about that because everybody wants to, uh, you know, be their own boss, like I was saying, and and just you know, kind of get rich quick or, or or see what they're seeing on social media. Right. Well, here's the problem: we tend to mimic what we see. Okay. Like we, that's just how it is. It's, it's subliminal seduction. 
It's the things where you hear the songs and you be like, damn, I'm singing a song. We, we, we're being distracted and we're being seduced with these things, which is cool because it's marketing. That's what happens, right? But the key is, are you allowing yourself to be sublimity seduced? Are you allowing these things? Because okay, if you don't okay. have direction, no one can give you direction. I tell people a mentor is not there to spark your fire. He's there to put gasoline on your fire. People want me to mentor them. I'm like, uh, I'm not, I can't okay. make you, I can't make you fire. You got to, you got to make your own little flame and then go, you know what? Now I need storm to come throw gasoline on this. That's what I can do. I'm All not right. here to try to give you direction and rub your sticks together and have you go, come on, don't you see your freedom? <laughs> don't you see your time? Don't yeah. go. That's not how it works. So, so if somebody, if, for your mentees, do you have um, requirements or a, a set of guidelines for them um, in order for you to provide your time and your mentorship and coaching for them? Um, like this is my first, first mentor, first mentor classes I'm doing, mentoring okay. classes. Like I never, I didn't want to teach people because I was always, you know, I'm good with giving my knowledge away and doing like just talking to people and doing the lives and just doing all that. But I realized that I couldn't keep doing it that way. You know, I realized that people want to be entertained more than educated. Okay. People want to, and, and I, I always say when I get on my lives, I'm not here to entertain you. I'm here to educate you. We're here wait, right now. Wait, say that again. So you're not here. I, I'm not here to entertain you. I'm here to educate you. To educate. Okay. Like right now, you got me hold my, my real estate out of state, but guess what? I'm educating. Right now, we've had a, a 25% conversation about real estate, and I've been preparing people how to adjust their mindset to change their life. Yeah. Yeah. I came into this game knowing my real estate was a distraction for people so I could teach you how to leave legacy wealth, how to create a trust, how to mm -hmm. do all that other stuff. But I couldn't just tell you, yo, man, you should get a trust. I had to tell you about real estate. I had to tell you I buy properties. I don't see them. I had to tell you, yo, three must LLCs. Yo, I know how to do, I do the LLC structure where I do this snap. Be like, where you do, yo, how? And now you're going crazy, going words. And I said, yeah, wait, that's, that's not all of it, though. The LLCs. Now, once you got your office, your home office, you could do this, that, and the third, and you could get those taxes off. Word, I could do that. Yeah, yeah. Then what you yeah. do is you take your house, take it out your name, put it in the trust, and now you can be the property manager house. Word, I could be the property manager. Yeah, but hold on, though. It gets wait, more than that. But after you do that. Hold on, now, I, I, I didn't even catch you. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. People, people, now I take you on this journey. Okay. And people go, Yo, this dude distracted me with real estate and really taught me the value of creating legacy wealth for my next 10 generations. 10 generations. Easy. I tell you guys, you guys know about me. I talk about the Rockefeller Trust, something I, something I read in detail from 1934. And how could that benefit my people? And I gave, I gave people to play on how to do that. You know, the Rockefeller Trust from 1934 is structured in where his trust would pay out only a portion of his money, but the rest of the money would stay in a SP, in a in a fund, a mm -hmm. brokerage account, paying out every generation only a certain amount. For for example, just to give you an example, let's say you you know you have a million dollars worth of assets in your real estate. Okay. One thing you must never ever do 
is never assume your children want to be landlords. It's the biggest mistake you can make in real estate. I have someone I know that was a real estate investor, passed away. His daughter sold all of his properties for pennies on a dollar. They didn't want to be landlords. $300,000 property. Yeah. So they, they get left the property, but then the heirs of that property don't want to manage it, don't want to take care of it. Yeah. Not even, don't need a will, no trust. Just your kids die. Now you, they have your properties. Mm-hmm. You assume your kids want to be landlords. Right. So now your kids go, I want, I, we want to sell the properties. $300,000 property, $150,000. What? We'll take it. $500,000 property, $300,000. They were selling off all his properties with pennies on a dollar because they didn't want to be landlords. Yeah. So now, instead of doing something like that, what my thing is we're teaching people, especially investors, have your properties set up where when you pass away, your, your, all your properties get sold. Sold. Take the money, place that money in a trust. We need to not have a will ever. You need to have okay. a living trust. A will goes in probate court. It's contested. Anyone could jump in and, and cause a problem with your will. For yeah. example, James Brown wife, ex-wife, mm-hmm. came to court and said they were still married. It took them 14 years to 14. clear, 14 years to free up that money and give his family that money after 14 years while the probate court continuously got paid. Okay. A living trust that will never happen. Never happen. So now you got your living trust. You say, okay, I got a million dollars worth of assets. I want my, my family to get half a million dollars. Give them half a million dollars. Set them up with the house. They good. There's no reason to leave $1 million to your family and thinking it's going to go down and general, go down and create generational wealth. Mis- just a misconception. What you do is you create the system. Now the other half a million goes into your brokerage account. It goes into an SP account making 6% every year. And you're going to give that to your great, your grandkids when they turn 21. Okay. Yep. So this account compound interest, $500,000, Six percent. You're not going to give it to them until they turn 21. You don't want to give your grandkids money when they're 13, 15. Right. Eight. Half a million compound interest for 21 years is two point six million dollars for your grandkids. Wow. So the five hundred thousand turns into two point six million after by its, years. by its staying invested, but inside the umbrella of the trust. In, no, inside an account and it, an investment account that's owned by the trust. Okay. Right. Yeah. So you get a, you you take a calculator called compound interest. We know what compound interest. Oh, is. absolutely. Yep. Yep. Compounded two point six million. Your mm-hmm. grandkids get your your grandchild twenty one. Half of that money goes to your grandchildren. Now you're leaving one point three million for your great grandkids. Half of the mm-hmm. two point six. Yeah. They get one point three. The one point three stays in for your great grandchildren. You just gave your grandkids. 1.3 million, another 21 years, turns into $6 million for your great-grandkids. Now, your great-grandkids only get half, $3 million okay. to divide. The other $3 million stays in for your great-great-great-grandkids. $3 million turns into $12 million. Mm. 
You see, now this is this is the Rockefeller yeah. structure of a trust. And I'm telling you how to do this with $500,000. And I tell people, if you don't have assets, get yourself a $500,000 life insurance policy. Okay. You do this with a life insurance policy. But th- we're being taught real estate, selfish yeah. wealth. This is that. Yeah, and people say, yo, you buy a house, you create generational wealth. No, you're not. Right. You buy one house, yeah. you ain't creating generational yeah. wealth. Generational wealth is a structure that needs to be designed with paperwork. You bought a house. Oh. Good. Great. Wait, Generational wealth. I got I to gotta stop. Before, before that goes over everybody's head, because it almost went over mine. Generational wealth is the paperwork. Yes. Not so the house. Not the house. Paperwork. Paperwork. You feel me? Yeah. So I got once you, you got that in order, now you're doing something. So when people say, yo, that's cool, they tell them, yeah, they're giving you some helpful advice. But mm-hmm. real estate is the gateway to a legacy. There's steps that need to be taken. So I knew all this in my brain. And I'm like, how can I do this? How can I get people to that point? I always had the plan of what I'm doing. This ASK wasn't, wasn't by fluke. This okay. ASK, always seek knowledge. Always continue. Don't get real estate and get comfortable and go, yo, I'm good. I got houses. I'm good. Now you driving, you got your house, you looking at your kids saying, they, my kid's going to be straight. But what about your grandkids? What about your great grandkids? What about your great, great grandkids? You think that you, you're expecting them to leave wealth for them? All you're doing is leaving yeah. wealth for them. Now you're hoping they leave wealth for them. Why don't you eliminate the question mark out of the equation and make it an exclamation point? Mm. Make sure it happens. Be be proactive. Legacy wealth is in the paperwork. Yeah. That's what it is. So now, now that I'm teaching people this system, and now I did I did that show inside the vault with Ash Cash, and I'm at 110,000 views in like seven days. Damn. I broke a record over there. You know why? Because people didn't come on that show on no platform and talk like me. And Ash, who's a great interviewer, pulls the right information. That, that showed me people want to hear what I'm talking about. Yeah. I got my DMs, messages, people going, you changing my life. I've never heard this. I, I've I always wondered how can I, like, bro, I can't even tell you every day. I have over a hundred some messages. I, I just can't keep track. I just can't. And I tell people, I want to, I want to talk to you, but here, here's a website. Yeah. E- email, like click here. People want mentor me, mentor me. I can't mentor you if you don't want to do the work. You want me to mentor you, go learn my courses so I can mentor you. If you don't go learn the courses, then I'm teaching you. There's a difference from being someone's teacher and someone's mentor. Teacher takes you from nothing to something. I can't do that. I got to take you from something to greatness. That's what I'm here to do. I'm not here to Mm. start the fire. I'm here to put gasoline on the fire. Yeah. Let me know when you're ready to talk about real estate. You see where we at now? Yeah. Everybody's going to be overwhelmed going, damn. But look. (laughs) We ain't even there. But but look, this is is powerful and very impactful. You know, I don't want to get too much, you know, into my family, but we didn't grow up with a whole lot. And so, you know, my great-grandfather worked for the railroad, and he acquired some properties. All those properties were lost because he he, he didn't teach anybody how to, you know, pass those down, how to keep that. And it was even my own belief and understanding that if I got a house, I was going to the kids. You've, you've changed my entire, entire framework. Why do, why, do we, why do we see all these wealthy people, wealthy families, 
you know, Rockefellers, Rothschilds, all mm-hmm. these, like these Fendi's, like these are last names, Louis Vuitton, all these rich families. Why do you think for some, like, why do you think we can't do it? Like, why don't, why don't we turn around and go, okay, what did they do? Like, what was the blueprint? What is the structure for wealth? What is the structure for handing down wealth? And people say, well, they had money. No, not all billionaires and trillionaires have money. Yeah. No, they started from nothing. Jeff Bezos started from his garage and a yeah. job. Yeah. Bill Gates. What was, what's, what, what's our excuse? What's the excuse? You know, you want to be what? You want to be good, great, or well-off. When you good, when somebody says, well somebody says, yo, how you how, how's things going, man? How, your job, how's everything going? Yo, man, I'm good. I'm doing good. Yo, how's the family, man? How's everything working out? Yo, we, yo, we doing great over here, man. We doing great. But what about when you hear, yo, how, how that family, yo, how, how's that family wealth? How's that success? Yo, they well off. Mm-hmm. That's different. Being yeah. well off. Do you want to be well off? You want to be good, great, or well off? Where's your family at? But you think you can't be well off? You got to take the steps. So everything I'm talking about and influencing people with my real estate out of state, it's a market that's affordable. You forget it to get in, to buy properties, to start acquiring them. And I tell people partnering is the most strategic thing you could ever do in real estate. All right. So partnering, what, what do you mean by partnering? When you see people invest in real estate. Yeah whether it's big units, multi-units, that's not one person. It's not, that's a partnership of people buying these million dollars, three, four, five million dollars, big projects, developments. It's not one person. Mm, These people have the money to do a $5 million project by themselves, but you know what? Why am I going to do a $5 million project by myself when I can use one million there and go do four more projects with with those $1 million each time? Greater cash flow and greater yep. tax implications. You're writing off one property. But if you were to say, yo, I got $100,000, I want to buy this house. But what if you took that 100000 and bought four houses? What would yeah, your tax look like? How then? would you take the 100000 and buy four instead of buying the one? You buy easy. You find you find a property that yep. only requires 20% down payment. $100,000 dollars would buy you a half a million dollar house. 20% down. Gotcha. Uh-huh. $100,000, 20% down of a half a million dollar house is $20,000. 20%, 10 of half a million is $50. 10% of a half a million is $50,000. Yep. 20% is $100,000. Your $100,000 went to buy you a half a million dollar house. Yeah. What if you were to go buy you a $100,000 house with a $20,000 down payment? You could buy five of those. Five. Now you're getting five cash flows. And now when you do your taxes, you're writing off five properties. Mm. People don't value what taxes do, but we upset when the rich do it. What makes you think you can't do it on a smaller scale? I make anywhere from 10 to $17,000 a year for taxes. I don't pay taxes. Taxes pay me. (laughs) Okay. Got it. Real. Yeah. You know why? Because I'm writing off all these expenses. Yeah. I'm understanding that I can write off. When you have a home office in New York, you write off 30% of your mortgage. Light, gas, heating, your car. You're writing off 
depreciation. You're writing off cell phone. How many investors are writing off this stuff? Mm-hmm. Very few. Because yeah. you know why? We don't educate each other on the tax. We go, now nah, I pay a little bit of taxes. Ain't much. Why are you paying taxes when housing and jobs are the two most beneficial things the government put in place to benefit you because you're helping the economy stay rolling? You gave someone a job. Mm-hmm. You yeah. wonder why big businesses will never pay taxes, raise taxes, no matter how many times they talk about it for years. Because <laughs> they pay people a salary who pay taxes, mortgages, rents, groceries, leases, car payments. That's why it never go right. up. You ain't raising Amazon taxes. Because Amazon paying all those people who are paying greater taxes. Yeah. Got you want to jeopardize that, co- that company leaving the United States? You make more money off of the employee's taxes than the company taxes. Think like a CEO, not like a landlord. Take back your time. Know how to manage your properties without ever having to see them. Delegate duties. Manage your way out of employment into ownership. This is way bigger than a conversation with real estate. Absolutely. Absolutely. You see? Yeah. So now when people see my interview on that show, they go, <laughs> I thought he was going to get on here and talk about out-of-state real estate. I thought he was going to. And then when I break all this down, they like, yo. Change the conversation. Yep. They look and go, he different. But you know how many people wanted me not to have this conversation? Yo, don't tell people about LLCs because you're putting yourself in a liable situation. Don't tell people about living trust. You hold yourself liable. I'm like, y'all, y'all, y'all sound retarded. Y'all sound just as stupid as a mother. How you yeah. telling me not to educate my people? If I tell you about a living trust, what, you going to go home and make your own living trust? No, you go, you're no. going to need an attorney. Yeah. Now you're going to go get an attorney and tell him he's going to go, oh, wow. Who told you about that system? Or yeah. your attorney going to need to step his game up now. They don't expect us who look like us to come in here talking like this. But the thing is now the people know it exists and now they can go do their own research. They can ask, you know, and, exactly. and, and have the right questions so they can get to the right answers and right solutions. Oh, yeah. But if they don't know it exists. They don't know that options even out there. There you go. I tell people I didn't come here to be right. I came here to make you think. I know I'm right. I paid a lot of money to be right. I pay great attorneys. I pay good accountants. Yeah. And all the money I, I tell people, my trust, my living trust costs me over $20,000 to create and build because I have a lot of properties. Mm. It costs for funding. Okay. But I give people that information all day. So when people look at me, like, oh, my timeline, you see accountants, lawyers, everybody going, yo, this dude, nobody talking about y'all. Yeah. This dude, nobody talking about. Yeah, because I pay people to know this and I, and, and, and I, I absorb knowledge well especially when it's making me money. So now I'm like, I can't be doing this for myself and not educate my people. So now that I'm giving that knowledge out, educating my people, now other people are going, damn, Storm just stepped the game up a whole nother level on us. Damn, this dude went over here, did a hundred some thousand views consistently. Yeah. Consistently. And now when I come to talk about real estate, they're going to be like, yo, my man, what else you talking about? Now it's people want to talk like me, which I'm fine. Yep. But guess what? You got to go get educated to have this conversation. You can go, you could go mimic what I say. Cool. But people know Jay-Z when they hear Jay-Z. They know. <laughs> you know Hove? Yeah. You know Big when you hear him. You know Pac. Absolutely. You know Drake? Like you be like, hey, that's Drake Ball. I heard Drake say that. <laughs> yeah, so it's only the truth like- sounds like true. You know what I'm saying, bro? I know I took you all, all off track. 
No, not at all. I'm I'm blown away. And um, something else I just want to make sure that people know, I've encountered you several times, uh, come across you, and you are a real brother. And so if, if we, you, you've changed so many definitions today, if we could change one more definition, it'd be the definition of real. A lot of people, you know, they look at a real brother as, as one on the block, you know, one, one that'll shoot something up. You know, a real brother is somebody like you giving genuine knowledge, sacrificing their self, you know, sacrificing their time and pouring into other people, man. And I appreciate everything you're doing. Man, I appreciate that, man. All day, man. I'm trying, man. This is what this is what I'm here to do. Well, thank you a whole bunch. I know you taught class today. I know running your businesses and being a CEO is a whole lot. So I definitely appreciate your time. But I just want to remind everybody out there, uh, if you can dream it, you can achieve it. Until next time on Success hey, Leads Cruise you gotta Podcast. you got to let me out the right way. I never sign off without my tag. You got to let me sign out right. Oh, go ahead. Absolutely. Give me some. It's been an honor and a pleasure to be here with you guys. And you could have been anywhere in the world tonight, but you're here with me. ASK, always seek knowledge. Peace. See you later. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.